I hope you're ready to open up the Word of God. How many of you know that the Word of God is powerful and it brings instruction to us, it brings correction to us and teaching to us? So we're gonna, we're gonna open up the Word of God in a moment. And, uh, and before we do that, I do wanna pray. We'll pray for Pastor and Alice. They're away this weekend, uh, hanging out with family and enjoying that time away. And they'll be back Wednesday night uh, with us. But we'll pray that they have a great time of refreshing and just a good time with their family. And again, they'll be back with us Wednesday. But then also, we are excited because uh, we are launching this weekend, 714, If My People. Can we just clap our hands and get excited about that? And you've heard a little bit about it uh, a few moments ago in the video news, but I just wanna reemphasize a couple of points um, that, that is all encompassing of this uh, series, or really more than just a series, it's, it's a movement that we want you to be a part of as our church. And so uh, our campuses, online you can join us, uh, wherever you're at, uh, what God wants to do in, in this upcoming month of October, I believe, is powerful. And if we can get excited as the church and mobilized as the church to pray, I believe that powerful things will happen. Amen? And if we can get excited and mobilized as the church to go above just prayer, but also do some measure of fasting, I believe that there's power associated in that as well. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about uh, today a little bit more, but then also for these next several weeks. And so it's called 714 If My People. You'll hear a lot about that. But as a part of this, the next three Friday evenings, uh, it's 7.14 p.m., kind of going along with the theme of 7.14. Right here at Curry Ford Campus uh, Auditorium, we're going to be having prayer nights. And we want every single one of you to be a part of this. And uh, what is it? It's just going to be a night of prayer. Uh, it's going to be a night of worship. The team will lead us in worship. And different people will come up and lead us in intercession and prayer. So while we're fasting and while we're praying, it'll be a chance for our church to come together uh, in this powerful way and see God's hand move. And, uh, and so we invite you to be a part of that. And then also, as was mentioned earlier, there's nightly devotions. And so you can jump on Facebook and see different pastors and staff members that will uh, guide you through to kind of help you keep accountable and encourage you and also teach you from the Word of God. That's, so that's going to be uh, happening, and also on our church app. If you have our church app, just go on there. The home screen has all kinds of resources for 714 that will equip you uh, during this month of fasting and praying. And so October 5th through the 25th, a lot going on. But let me read to, to you this, uh, this text. God says this to Solomon, 2 Chronicles 714, and this is where we get the theme 714 from, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. God says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. How many of you believe that our country, our nation needs a healing? So we're gonna pray and we're gonna believe and not only our nation, not only our country, but our families, our, our own personal situations. We, we are, are called to be prayer warriors, especially in a season like this. And so we have all kinds of needs represented in our communities and in our homes. And so we're gonna pray. And so let's pray over this message right now. Father, I thank you for 
what you are about to do, how you're going to challenge us through your word. We know that your word is the truth. And we know, God, that your word will challenge us, uh, challenge us and your word will uh, cause us to, to correct areas in our life and uh, will fall in line with your word as we open it up. And I pray that that would happen today. And God, we also pray for Pastor Carl and Alice as they're away. We just pray a blessing over them and uh, give them traveling mercies. And uh, we love you in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. How many parents do I have in the room? Uh, parents, all right. Well, you can identify with me. And if we're honest, parents, some days are great days, and you're like, hey, look at my children. They're amazing. And then other days, you're like, please, nobody look at my children. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, my kids are great. I have two middle schoolers now, and many of you have been a part of raising them, whether it be a teacher in the school or with rangers or, or, or something like that, where you've poured in and, and partnered with my wife and I raising our kids. And so you, many of you know, uh, but I have a, a son, or we have a son and a daughter. My son's name is Braden. He's uh, 11 years old. He's in sixth grade. Uh, my daughter is in eighth grade now. I can't even believe I'm saying this. Uh, eighth grade now, time has gone so fast, and she's 13. And my kids are great. But I'm going to tell you a story about something that happened where my kids, uh, or, or at least my son, kind of acted up. And again, he's a good kid. I'm not trying to portray a picture of him that's inaccurate because he's a great kid. But they were at this doctor's appointment, and isn't it the worst when doctor's appointments take way too long? Okay, especially for kids. And so my, I don't remember what it was about. This is back when he was five years old. And uh, so they're at this doctor's appointment. It took uh, about an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes, and my kids were done. I mean, they, they had already reached their threshold, and they were getting cranky. They were overtired. They were overhungry. Um, and so, so uh, they, they finished the doctor's appointment, and they did good in that time. And the doctor gave each of them this little stretchy, like, silly band type thing. And it, it looks, it's got, it's a shape of a hand but it's, it's, it stretches. You know what I'm talking about. They're kind of fun. I'd, I'd like to play with one now, to be honest with you. They take it, whew, goes like this, and it stands. It sticks to something, and then you wait a little bit, and then it, and then it comes back. And so my, my daughter had one, and my son had one. And for whatever reason, my daughter had my son's little slappy hand thing and uh, was playing with it, and she stretched it, and she stretched it, and she, she got too, too far, and it snapped in half. And my son saw that, and it was like fit time, okay? Now, sometimes, you know, my kids were great. Other times, they needed a little bit of correction. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, and, and, and so my wife said, here's what happened. Do you know what your son did? And I'm like, well, tell me, what did my son do? Um, and uh, she said, he said this. He got upset, and there was a, other details in the story. But uh, basically, he gets so worked up, and he ends up saying these words to my wife. You are the worst mom ever. Then he proceeds to take off of his shoe, true story, kid you not, takes it and he throws it from the back seat. He's like in his little booster seat, takes his shoe and throws it up to my wife who's driving the car. Now I wasn't in there because I would have just reached back and done that whole dad thing like, you know, stop it. And so it hits her in the head. My wife is instantly furious and she says the words that many of you have probably said, wait till your father gets home. And so I get home, and she tells me the whole story. I'm like, okay, now's the time for dad to bring correction. Now's the time, you know, the full house music plays in the back. I was like, son, you really shouldn't do this. And you know why? Because we love our mother. We should. So all that kind of thing. 
but I, I was very clear, and I said something along these lines. If you ever do that again, you will die. No, I didn't say that. But if you ever do that again, you're gonna be in trouble. And you know what? A lot of times, that's, that's how we feel like, like God is toward us. And I'm not talking about excusing sin. There's a part of God that is, very, he is obviously just, and he's true to his word. And if we do not repent, there is judgment, and there are consequences, and there are punishments that will come our way. It's true. It's in, in the Bible. But that's not the complete picture of who God is. Because the other side says, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you've got wickedness in your life, and there'll be judgment if you keep that in your life. But the flip side is, you know what? If you do things that I've commanded you to do, if you will pray, if you will do things like fast, if you will do things like humble yourself, I will, not, I will pour out a blessing on your life. You'll start to see the fruit of what you've labored in with prayer. So there's this whole other side of, of God that many of us never even get to. And let me say it like this. As Christians, we have rights that come with his name. Just the fact that we are believers, aren't you glad that you have certain things that just by being a child of God that you possess and you have in your hand, right? But then there are also rewards that are separately achieved. Going above and beyond just living right and, and being without sin, but going to that next step where uh, you're rewarded for the prayers. You're rewarded for the extras that you do. Some things in God we have claimed to, other things are conditional. Some manifestations of God we are entitled, others are earned. So God has determined that certain expressions of his power will only be exercised through fasting and prayer. Oh, a, lot of, a lot of us get to the prayer part, but we don't realize that there's an extra measure of access that we have to God when we combine it with fasting and prayer. And so we're gonna unpack that a little bit today. If my people, this is part one. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to do that. If you're at the campuses, lean in, get ready for what God has for you. This is part one, humble themselves. And we're talking about fasting. Now I realize that many of you are uh, familiar with fasting and you've heard teaching about this, especially if you've been a part of our church for very long. You know that our church every January goes on a, on a fast and, and you understand that terminology, but if not, I wanna, I wanna just show you some different examples in the Bible and how you can classify them and outline them. And so here's some types of fasts. The absolute fast is when you take in nothing, no food, no water, and uh, we say that depending on your health, this fast should be attempted only with medical consultation and supervision. It's a very serious fast. We're not really recommending that, but that's known as the absolute fast. Uh, or there's the normal fast, and through scripture you'll see examples of this, but you'll typically go without food of any kind for a certain number of days. You drink plenty of water. That's always a, a major key a, a thing to do when you are fasting, drink plenty of water. And depending on the length of the normal fast, many people choose to drink some uh, broth with that or uh, other juices and other liquids to help maintain their strength. So we have the absolute fast that's modeled through scripture. And then also the normal fast, but then there's also a partial fast. What is a partial fast? A partial fast usually involves giving up particular foods and drink for an ex extended period of time. Most common example, again, if you've been around, you've heard us talk about the Daniel's fast or a, a version of the Daniel's fast. And we, 
we like to keep it pretty simple to avoid confusion so that um, the majority of people in our church uh, can, can be a part of this. And so we say this, no meat, no bread, and no desserts. And Pastor Johnny says, no smiles, no happiness, no fun. Uh, but you maybe heard that before. And so uh, we want to challenge you to be a part of not just the prayer, but also fasting. And this is where a lot of people, I lose a lot of people because they're like, Pastor Matt, you're an okay guy. Um, I like you okay until you start talking about fasting. Then I check out. And then, you know, don't talk to me about that. But I want to challenge you. Whatever your preconceived, um, you know, plans were, even before you came in today, why don't you just be open to uh, fasting, and if you've never done it before, pick up on some things that we're teaching and this movement that we're a part of uh, with the church and, and, and step in and watch how God blesses your life. And so let me read to you Jesus' teaching on this subject of fasting and making some comments about people that, that were fasting. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, says, when you fast, and by the way, Jesus again is saying this, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it won't be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And so Jesus noticed the people fasting. He made comments on how they would fast. And I don't know about you, but if, if Jesus is teaching us through his word, and Jesus is teaching us through his scripture and giving examples, then I want to have the, the uh, spiritual discernment to, to see what it is that he wants to show me. I want to have the spiritual discernment to hear uh, what it is that he wants to teach me. And I realize that I've not arrived, but I want to grow. Does anybody want to grow in this place? And so, so I want you to, to, to be ready for this. And he makes some comments. We see in these verses the aspects of fasting that seem important to Christ. And the first is this, participation. He says, he says it this way. He goes, when you fast, do it like this. You know, when you fast, almost implying like it's, the, it's normal for believers to fast. He just kind of implies that when you fast and when you pray and when you give, I want you to do it this way. And so he, he's not... Uh, he's not uh, thinking that you shouldn't be involved. He's almost implying that you just should. It's a given that you're gonna be involved in this thing. So you might be deciding whether or not to be a part of this movement or this 21 days that we're talking about, whether to, to make fasting a regular part of your spiritual discipline even. At least know this, that Jesus just really expects you to do it. When you fast, do it this way. And uh, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, he begins and he says, if my people, aren't you glad that you are a child of God? When you came to Christ and you said, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me, I realize I've done wrong, I need a savior. When you get to that point of confession, there's a washing that takes place and we are united with Christ. We are at one with Christ and there's a communion and a fellowship that we have, which is awesome. And so we are a child of God. And he says, if my people, so he's talking to the church, he's talking to the believers, God's people, if, if my people. But a lot of times, God's people, we look far too much like the unbeliever. We look far too much like the world. And so 
uh, we, look, we look like the world, we act like the world, we talk just like the world, we live like them, we, we love the same things as the world, we crave and consume this, the same things as the world, and, and sometimes it takes a fast for us to purge ourselves and just get all the distractions out of our life and all the clutter out of our life so that we can see just Jesus in this moment. And Jesus says, when you fast, implying that you're to be a part of this. And we know that nearly every major biblical character fasted. And the Bible records many different lengths that were associated with that, that character or that person that's recorded in Scripture. For example, Moses fasted for 40 days. Esther called the city to a three-day all-food and water fast. Daniel partially fasted for 21 days. The apostle Paul was on at least two fasts, one for three days and one for 14 days. Peter fasted for three days. Jesus, listen to this, this is crazy when you really think about, he fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. We love Jesus, he's awesome, right? Fasting is powerful. Why don't we do it though? Why don't we fast? And I get it. Listen, fasting is not always fun, but I can promise you this, fasting is always powerful. It's always powerful. I've never been through a season of fasting where I'm like, man, that was okay. Maybe, my, maybe initially my flesh starts that way, like, oh, I don't really, I'm not really feeling this, you know, because that's my flesh, and I don't really want to step into this. But once you get in it, once you are in the midst of that, that, that fasting, there's something amazing that happens. And so, so a lot of people say, well, I would fast, but I get hungry. <laughs> that's not a good reason not to fast. Um, I would fast, but I've got, I've got so much going on. Pastor, you don't know my schedule? I mean, I, my kids have sports, and, and we have this, and my job. I'm running all over the place, whatever. I, I could probably take your phone, or I could probably take your device. You know how they have that, the thing now where it shows how much screen time you've been using? Like, you can take your phone. Here's how, how many hours you've been on this particular app, okay? You've been playing Candy Crush for like 55,000 hours, uh, you've, you've been watching YouTube for, it says, four months straight. It's just always on play. You've been, you've been on Facebook to where, like, you're shutting the entire network down because you're just consuming so much. And, you know, and I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody into this. I'm just saying, if we're all honest and we all take inventory of our life, we probably could carve some time out of our busy schedules for Jesus, for extra prayer. Amen. We're saying, God, I'm making room for you to do exactly what you want to do in my life. Well, let's put it into practice. God, let's make, let's make room for you in our church. Let's make room for you in our lives and in our homes and in our hearts. Fasting is giving up what we want most for what we need most. Say that again. Fasting is giving up what we want most. And there's nothing wrong with food like we need food to survive and so it's not something that's evil that we're giving up it's something that's a good thing but we're giving up what we want most for what we really need most spiritually and fast fasting is often misunderstood in the following way i'm not strong enough to do it i'm not spiritual enough to do it and i believe that this can be one of the greatest lies that the enemy uses to keep god's people from practicing this spiritual discipline called fasting, is that all, oh, that's for the spiritually elite, if there is such a thing. 
That's for the pastors. Like if you stand behind the pulpit and you're up here on this stage or you're a part of the worship team and you have a microphone in your hand, those people should fast. But if I'm in my seat and I'm, I'm looking this way, then I'm exempt from any of that extra stuff. A lot of times we, we think that. And, and I'm not here to beat you up over that. I just want you to open your heart and open your mind to the challenge that's put before us. Maybe, just maybe, right now, this is the challenge that you've been waiting for so that you can step into something that you've never done before so that you can see God pour out of spirit and put a touch on your life that you've never seen before. So fasting is not only for the spiritually strong, it's actually for the weak to become strong. If you're sitting here saying, I don't know if I have what it takes, you're a perfect candidate. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I can do it. If you're a believer, you're the perfect candidate. Because Jesus will empower you. He will, he will sustain you and he'll give you this strength. Fasting isn't easy. It's not, it's not pleasing to your flesh when, when you think about it. So it's not very, a very popular message to get up and speak about. Hey, let's talk about denying your flesh. Everybody ready? And then the church says, yeah. No, I'd rather worship. I'd rather, I'd rather sing my favorite song, but let's talk about fasting. Uh, okay. <laughs> Nobody wants to fast, but I do want to know Jesus in a, in a deeper way. Anybody with me? I do want to know Jesus in a more intimate way. I do want to know what he wants I want his direction, I want his discernment over my life. You know, several years ago, I remember we were, all the interns were together and, um, and it was after a youth event, if I remember correctly, and we were all moving this really heavy stage piece. I think it was a, uh, uh, a piece of staging that was, it took about seven or eight of us guys around this piece. And one of those things where you go, okay, guys, ready? One, two, three, lift. All right, and then we had to take it up this flight of stairs to put it in storage. So we're all around this thing, and uh, if you've ever lifted something that's heavy, you, you'll know what I'm talking about, but sometimes the way that the weight is distributed, you could get the heavy end or you could get the light end. And so at first, I, had, I felt like I was doing something significant. I mean, I had my hands on the, on the piece, and we were all moving together, and uh, it was fine, and we're moving it, but then once we got to like, the part where we tilted it, um, all the heavy weight went to the, the, the back end of it, and so... All these guys were bearing the heavy lifting, and it was at that point that, like, I even made a joke, and I stuck out my pinky finger. I'm like, guys, I'm glad I'm here uh, just for the moral support. You know, I'm just, I'm helping you out, right? Because I really wasn't doing anything. I was around it, but it wasn't actually contributing to the heavy lifting. And let me just tell you this, that in a church this size with hundreds of people, with thousands of people, it is so easy to count on other people to do the heavy lifting, it's so easy for you to say, no, that's for the pastor to bear the spiritual weight and to lead, and yes, it is. I'm not, I'm not discounting that. It's a part of the pastoral position to encourage you as the congregation to be a part of this. But a lot of times we can just default to saying, no, somebody else is gonna do the heavy lifting. But what if in this service or at your campus or if you're watching at home somewhere in your car, you're listening to this, what if God drops something in your heart where you say this, I'm gonna be a part of bringing spiritual momentum to this church. I, my prayer is important just like your prayer is important, amen? 
My fasting is just as important as your fasting. So I'm not just going to have the appearance of being around 714 and maybe showing up to a, a prayer service, maybe not. But I'm going to be intentional about, about, about lifting spiritually what needs to, to move. And watch how God changes our atmosphere. Watch how God changes our lives if we'll commit to that. So I would say this. Your participation and activity in this church, it matters. It really does. Don't think that just because you sit far away or maybe you're out in the atrium or maybe you're not even on this campus that your involvement doesn't matter. Never discount your involvement. Your involvement matters. But let me say it this way too, that your lack of involvement, it also affects us. It also affects what God will do if we refuse to be a part of it. This is a condition. If my people will do this, then the blessing will come. Then the answers will come. Then the anointing will come. The favor will come. If my people. What's another aspect of fasting that seemed important to Jesus? Number two, it's motivation. Verse 16 says, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. So you know what? They were fasting on Tuesdays and they were fasting on Thursdays. It was a part of their routine. It was a part of their practice to fast. So Jesus wasn't uh, commenting on the fact that they were not fasting because they were. But when they did it, they were doing it with the wrong motives. They were saying, I'm gonna fast, but because I'm staying away from this, I wanna disfigure my face so that I can receive all the glory from others. So when you fast, you know what we should not do? Hey, how you doing? Well, I'm doing great, but as you know, I'm fasting. Like that shouldn't be our, our attitude. We should go about our business, you know, look the same as you always do, uh, but don't draw attention to yourself. That's, that's the wrong motive is just to be noticed by other people, and Jesus took note of that, and he called them out. Don't, when you fast, don't do it with that motive. Verse 18 says, when you fast, do it so it's not obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. You know, when we fast, it's like a continual prayer before God. And we have this, this prayer that's being offered up to God, and it's between us and God and not really about other people. I mean, we're doing something corporately, which is great, but it's not to gain the approval and the applause of anybody else. Uh, in this portion of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus puts plenty of emphasis on the why of giving. Here's why you should give. There was a widow who who gave with the right motivation and he commented on and, and praised her for that. There was other people that were giving with the wrong motivation and he, he instructed them or corrected them, I guess I should say, uh, on that. And uh, the why of, of prayer, the why of fasting. When you pray, don't do it so that you sound spiritual and you stand up and people take note of how you pray. That's, that's doing it with the wrong motives. So why you do what you do is oftentimes more important than what you do. Why are you doing what you're doing? If it means nothing to you, it'll mean nothing to God. Isn't that simple? If it means nothing to you, it's probably not gonna mean much to God. So if you're like, yeah, I'm fasting, but I'm not really doing it. Did you know that you can fast just for a doctor's appointment? And many of you have done that. There's no spiritual gain in that, but it's still a fast. But biblical fasting is different because biblical fasting is you're going without food for a period of time, but you're doing it with the motivation and the intent to, to, to grow spiritually. 
So you have a spiritual component. You have a spiritual connection with the fast itself. That's biblical fasting, and you, you accompany that, obviously, with, with prayer as well, and we've been talking about that. The reason we fast is never, number one, to appear spiritual to other people. Like, look at me, how awesome I am because I'm fasting. No, that's the wrong heart. That's the wrong motive. There was a, a friend of ours that uh, years ago, our youth ministry went on a 21-day fast. We only drank liquids, and uh, we did that for several years, uh, probably 15, 20 years ago. And, uh, and so uh, during lunchtime, all the youth staff and the youth team, rather than go to lunch together, a lot of times that'd be our chance to go to the convenience store and grab a, uh, a juice or something like that or water or go to uh, uh, the grocery store and stock up because you're drinking a lot during that time. And so we would at lunchtime say, hey, do you want to go? And everybody would pile in the car and we would go, we'd, we'd come back and we did that for like a week. Well, after about a week, we found out that one of the guys that was with us every single day at the, at the store, buying the juice, doing the whole thing, like in the evenings, he was grilling up steaks and hot dogs and hamburgers and all this stuff. And we questioned him on it. We're like, hey, dude, like, what are you doing? And he says, I, I get hungry sometimes. Man, it's really hard. I'm not a good faster, is what he said. I was like, well, yeah, you can't fast and eat steak at the same time. Like, there's, you, one thing has to go, Right? But we were just like, listen, do, just do whatever you want to do. Don't do it just because we're doing it. Just determine what, uh, what fast schedule you're going to be a part of and then just do it. Not to appear spiritual to other people. Or the reason we fast is, uh, number two, to never, we should never fast is to twist God's arm or give him ultimatums. You know, like where we demand, God, God if, if I grace you with giving up meals, if I grace you from staying away from this type of food, then you better come through. Like, who are we to make that kind of demand on an amazing, awesome God? I'm not saying we can't have great faith. I'm not saying that we can't have a great expectation when we fast, but it's not an ultimatum. We're saying, God, help me to, to understand your heart. Or um, the reason we fast is never just to diet or lose weight. But how many of you know that's a good side effect many times with fasting, but that's not the motivation, right? It's not the motivation. It's not a hunger strike to get him to do what we want. Fasting provides the opportunity for us to want what he wants. God, help me to want, like desire and hunger for what you want me to hunger for. I'm gonna deny my flesh. I'm gonna uh, suppress my flesh so that my spirit person can come alive in a brand new way. No matter what type of fast you're involved in, our motivation remains the same. More of him and less of us. More of Jesus and let me get out of the way. And I love what John the Baptist taught on this because he was preaching a, a message of, of repentance and people would repent. Um, you know, he like trailblazed the way for Christ, as you know. And uh, people were, were getting baptized, and he was the baptizer, John the baptizer, the Baptist. And he was, he was baptizing people in water, in, in rivers, and people were getting baptized. And then Jesus came, started his ministry, and people began to repent, and, and then Jesus began to baptize people. And so some people started getting a little bit confused and said, wait a minute, John the Baptist is baptizing all these people, but wait a minute, Jesus is baptizing all these people. Who's baptizing more? And there was a little bit of a dispute there. And John the Baptist is like, are you kidding me? I'm paraphrasing, right? Are you kidding me? He's like, 
Uh, it's, it's all about me getting out of the way. I must decrease so that he can increase. This is all about Jesus. And that's, that has to be our approach when we fast, that it's not about me. I want to get out of the way. This is all about pointing others to Jesus and pointing my own heart to Jesus. Motivation matters. My daughter, i um, been talking a lot about my kids, but my daughter... She's been involved in the, uh, the worship team and she's been up singing and stuff with the youth ministry and, and I'm proud of her. How many of you, as a parent, you just want your kids to love Jesus, serve Jesus, uh, be a part of the church that's healthy? I mean, that's what we want, right? And so as a dad, I'll just kind of watch and sit back and watch like, this is awesome. You get a little tear in your eye, the lump in your throat. Man, God, thank you. She's, she's like serving you, this is great. She's using her gifts for you, this is awesome. And so I'll see her on stage a lot, and I'm like, that's, that's great, that's awesome. But this past January, we, we did a, a three-night revival in, in the youth ministry. It was called Tidal Wave, and probably many of you were there. But um, one of the services, I forget which night it was, I was kind of scanning the, the crowd to find out where my, my daughter was. And parents, you know what I'm talking about. You kind of do that. You try to pretend that you're not, but you're like, how are they responding to this? Like, are they getting it? Are they, you know, what's, what's kind of going on? And uh, I didn't see her on the floor level or in the altars, and so I kind of started to pan around in the youth auditorium. All the way back in the risers at the very top, I, I see her, and the lights aren't on her, and she doesn't have a microphone in her hand. Um, not many people are around her, and she's just kind of pacing back and forth, and she's worshiping. And it was the most amazing, beautiful sight, because I knew in that moment that the, the motives are probably pure. That it's not just about what happens on the stage that's important. Because anybody can like put on their, their, their praise, right? And just, hey, look at the appearance of my praise and, and the face and all the, the, the posture. And you can look, all, all that's great when you're on the stage, but it also matters in private. And I've seen her open up the word of God in her room, amen. I've seen her open up the, the word of God in her room and, and become more of a disciple of Christ, more and more like him. So I would just say this, check your motivation. Always check your motivation because it matters to Christ. And then finally, I'm gonna close with this. Another aspect of fasting that seemed important to Jesus is expectation, is expectation. Verse 18 says, and your father who sees what is done in secret, listen to this, will reward you. Like fasting isn't always fun, like I said, but it's always powerful. There's a reward. There's a blessing that will come with fasting. And so when you're getting hungry or when you're, when you're tired and you feel weak or, or you're craving something, let's be honest, or you feel a withdrawal of something that you're used to having a lot, hold on to this truth that I'm expecting God to move in my life. When you fast, you should expect a greater sensitivity to the Spirit's voice. Somebody say amen to that. If, if you fasted before, it's like you, you dial into a frequency where you're so sensitive to the things of God, and it's, it's amazing, and it's powerful. You should expect that as you fast. Uh, you should expect a greater effectiveness in your prayer life. You should expect a greater awareness of his presence. You should expect greater Christ-likeness in your actions. You should expect a greater submission to God's will and getting what you need most because you are willing to give up what you wanted most in that moment. My son said, Dad, can I fast broccoli? I'm like, no, you can't fast broccoli because he doesn't like broccoli. 
Some of you guys are like, Pastor, can I fast going to work? Because sometimes I don't like that, and I'd rather just stay home. I'm going to fast working hard. No, don't do that. Pick something that means something to you. And um, in Lot 1, if you're familiar with our campus here at the Curry Ford campus and Lot 1 right over here, as you exit Lot 1, there's a, there's a way that you can go right across the exit and go immediately into this lane to get you, get you off campus. But during service times, it's busy a lot of times, and so there's too much traffic, and you've got to adjust the traffic flow. So they put these cones there to block it off so that there's not, um, you know, it's not dangerous people shooting across, and there's oncoming traffic and stuff like that. And so during the normal service time, makes sense, but once the entire congregation is pretty much off campus, that's usually when the pastors leave. And so inevitably it'll happen where we're trying to get out of that lot and uh, all we want to do is just get across and shoot across right there. But there's these, these barricades, these cones that block our path. And then it hits you. Okay, I have a choice here. Am I going to be lazy and drive all the way around? Or am I going to get out of the car, remove the obstacle, and then have direct access? Here's what I would say to you is this. When you pray, it is powerful. But when you pray and fast, something supernatural happens that's unexplainable. Jesus just says it's true, but he removes those, those blockings. He removes those barricades, those cones spiritually and gives you direct access to the answers that you're looking for. So I don't know what it is that, that you're struggling with maybe today. Maybe it's an addiction that's been holding you down. Yeah, you've been praying, but, but some things happen when you pray and fast. Or maybe it's a bondage, or maybe it's an unhealthy habit, or maybe it's a burden in your heart and in your mind, and it's just things are weighing on you emotionally and mentally. Try praying and fasting. Maybe it's a financial problem that you need breakthrough and you need victory in. Or maybe it's an unsafe family member that you've been praying for, but you've never prayed and fasted for that person. Maybe it's unresolved conflict, like you're having a hard time getting along with somebody. And when you pray and fast, it'll get you more out of the way and you can have right relationship with that person. Or maybe you think about the national unrest that's represented in our nation right now, but you haven't prayed and fasted. The Bible says this, God says this to Solomon, if my people, what a condition. I mean, all power is in God's hands, yes. But he says there's, there's a part of this that is conditional to your response. If my people will do this, then I will come through. And then the flip side is this. If we don't, should we expect anything to change? If nothing changes in our spiritual life, in our spiritual discipline, then most likely nothing will change. Very simple. Not, it just our outcome, our circumstance, everything is just going to look the exact same. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. So we've got to take the initiative to say, God, I hear your call. I hear this challenge of if my people, and I'm a child of God, and I'm going to respond yes. Amen? Why don't you uh, bow your heads and close your eyes in this room? What a challenge. If my people... If my people, and we're excited about this, and we want you to be a part, but there might be some people maybe here at Curry Ford or 
at one of our campuses, or maybe you're even watching online right now, and you are outside of a right relationship with Christ, let me tell you this. The greatest decision that you could ever make is to serve Jesus. The greatest, most important decision you could ever make is allow him to come into your heart, cleanse you of all your wrongdoing, and put you on a right path. But some of you, you've not made that commitment. And salvation, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. But even salvation, there's a condition attached to it. I mean, it's a free gift. It's available for you. You can't earn it. But the Bible says this in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, there it is again, if we do this, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. He will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And no doubt here in this room, or those that are watching online, you are at a place in your life that you are, you are needing to confess. You are needing to get right with God. And I would say this, don't wait a second longer. Jesus is too great to be missed. He's meant to be experienced. So right here in this room, I'm gonna ask you when I count to three to lift your hand. If you need to respond in this way and say, God, today I need to confess my sin because this is the first step that I need to make before I do anything else. If that's you, you're outside of a right relationship with God. You need God's forgiveness. When I count to three, I'm gonna ask that you lift your hand all across this place. One, two, three. Would you lift your hand right now? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you all across this place. Just lift it up. We're gonna pray for you in a moment. Anybody else in the risers? God bless you. Thank you. Awesome. We're gonna pray. Anybody else, really quick, you just need to respond. God's tugging at your heart. This is a moment for you to respond. If I confess, I know that there's, there's salvation and redemption coming my way. All right, would you do this right now as quietly as you can? Would you stand to your feet? Whether you raise your hand or not, just the entire church and at the campuses, why don't you stand up? And we're gonna pray. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe that you're gonna respond in this way and you're gonna experience the healing and the freedom that you need. So church, can we all pray right now? God, I pray for every person that raised their hand here on this campus and at other campuses. I pray, God, that you would show up in such a powerful way in these next few moments and you would put people that are on the wrong path on the right path. God, people with lives that look uh, unlike you would want them to look, I pray that you would come in and begin to fix them and heal them and restore them. In the mighty, matchless name of Jesus, we pray and ask. You said that if we confess that you will do your part and be faithful. So we yield to you in Jesus' name. Everybody look at me really quick. If you raised your hand just a moment ago, can I ask you to do something else really bold? We've got a prayer team that wants to pray with you before you leave today. But why don't you slip to that aisle? As Pastor John leads us in this course, would you do that right now? Would you slip to that aisle and make your way right up here? And we're gonna, we're gonna pray for you before you leave. Pastor John, why don't you lead us? Do whatever you want to. Open. To do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to. Hallelujah. Oh, I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. Oh, do whatever you want to. Oh, Let me just say this. Church, 
Church, our, our altar team is here for you. If you need prayer for anything at all, you need somebody to agree with you. The word of God says we're to bear one another's burdens. And so if you need somebody to agree with you, that's what we're here for. Uh, if you need somebody to, to pray and intercede on your behalf, we'll come up, we'll pray together with you and it'll be awesome. So before you leave, you're invited to come. But everybody else, I wanna say this, that I want, before you leave, and we're almost done, before we leave, I want you to determine in your heart your level of involvement over these next 21 days. I mean, it's starting tomorrow. But if you're unsure, if you're unclear, a lot of times you'll just, you'll just, it, it just out of sight, out of mind. You won't be a part of this because you've not really determined. So I'm asking that you really determine and decide before you leave. If you have to write it down or if you have to, to uh, put it in the notes in your phone of here's what I'm gonna do. This level of fasting, this is what I'm gonna be a part of for the next 21 days. I'm gonna ask that, that God would drop a prompting in your heart so that you can accomplish this. All right, so can we pray together one more time before we leave today? God, I thank you for every, every individual, every family that's represented here, every mom, every dad, every grandparent. God, we are your church, and we hear the call of, of if my people. And God, we wanna humble ourselves, as your word says. We wanna pray, as your word says, and we wanna seek your face. We wanna be involved in, in fasting. And so God, I pray that you would drop it in our hearts individually, a deep conviction on what it is that we're gonna do to do the heavy lifting spiritually, to bring spiritual momentum to this church, to see revival take place, to see your hand move like we've never seen you move before, oh God. So before we leave, God, may us all decide in our hearts what you're calling us to. And God, we will be so careful to give you all the praise, all the glory, all the adoration, in the amazing name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you so much for being here. Really quick, I failed to mention this, but the four spiritual laws, if you were looking for those in English or Spanish, on your way out, you can grab those. And also, we have the uh, 714 envelopes. You can grab those on your way out. God bless you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week to come. If you're joining us online today, don't forget that you can call the number that's on your screen coming up right now. If you'd like somebody to pray with you and your family, uh, we've got a staff that's here and ready to pray with you. Our altars are going to remain open for those of you in the house that would like to get prayer today. Otherwise, we love you and hope to see you again very soon. God bless.